Heavenly Father, we just thank you again for your goodness, Lord, and that you love us so much that you sent your Son to die for us, Lord. You came into this world and, and wanted to be around us, God. You wanted to give us your word, your instruction. I pray now as we go into this time that you just help us to hear your words, and not my words, but your words. Um, help us to learn what your word says about how we should receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I've been told that even though the clocks broke back there, I still have to pay attention to the same amount of time. So, But I've also been told that you guys can walk out on me if you guys get too long. So, um, We're going to be in James again. Uh, I, I feel like this is something that God's leading me through, at least for now, whenever I can get up here and preach, to go through the book of James. Uh, we're in James chapter 1, starting with verse 19. James chapter 1, starting with verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save your soul. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself Pure and undefiled religion before God, the Father, is, the, is to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So, um, if you guys, I know it's been a while, but if you guys remember the last sermon, uh, it was in chapter one, we were talking about enduring trials and growing from that, and I talked about how the background behind this is that it's two uh, Christians that were dispersed, it's two the 12 tribes of Judah, which were dispersed all over the place for hundreds, thousands of years. Um, and I don't necessarily think like this was all just to a bunch of lost Jews. And the reason I say that is because he keeps uh, bringing up brothers and sisters. And he could be talking about uh, brothers and sisters as far as Jewish, but down in chapter 2 he talks about holding our Lord uh, referring to Jesus as our Lord. And so I don't believe that the primary object of this is lost Jews, but to the Jews who have accepted Christ. Um, and so this is just as much to us today as it is to them. Um, but we're going to talk about responding to the word. You know, you read the title on most of your headings, it says hearing and doing the word, or hearers of the word, not just, you know, doers of the, I don't know. Anyways, it's a little fuzzy today. Um, but don't, don't be focused on just like the word hear. Because back then, they did not have what we have. They didn't have a written Bible, and people got in front of them, and they exclaimed what the scriptures were, and they, they gave them a message. The apostles gave the church a message. And so that was the word of God. But we all have the Bible with us, and so we can carry the Bible around with us, read the Bible, put it in our hearts. Um, and that's God's word. But what, what does it exactly mean, the word? Um, what are words? 
And uh, when we think about what words are, like words are simple. Like we think of a simple uh, thing when it comes to words, but words are really a good gift to us from God. There is no other animal that has the, the amount of language that we have. And so uh, if you think about it, like there's sometimes I wish that I could understand what my dog is thinking. Especially like we have like a little five-month-year-old puppy, and sometimes it's like, what do you want? He's sitting there whining at us, or sometimes he'll just take off back and forth and, and run, and it's like, well, if I could just know what was going on through his head, um, that would be interesting. Sarah, Sarah tends to like tell us what's going through, tell us what's going through his head, but, but it'd be nice to hear words sometimes and be like, what exactly do you want? Um, and that's what separates us from animals, really. Animals don't have that capability. You can teach a monkey sign language, you've seen that, but they don't have an extensive language that we have. And so that's kind of what sets us apart. So what do words do? Just like if I could understand what Roscoe was going through, words help other people know what's going on in my head. They help people know how I'm feeling. They help people know what I want. And so those are what words do. They're really powerful. They, without words, we would just be animals pretty well. We wouldn't have complex ability to share it with each other, emotions and thoughts and will. And, and so when we think about the word of God, we're thinking about kind of the same thing in an instance. The word of God displays to us God's thoughts, displays for us God's feelings on things, what he feels about sin, what he feels about how we should do, and it explains to us his instruction. And so when we hear about the word, we're, we're thinking about God's instruction to us. And so the question is, how do we respond to that whenever we hear it? Do we respond indifferently? We just hear it and think that that's, that's, that's fine, that's great. Maybe we don't think it applies to us. Do we respond with anger? Do we respond with brokenness? Um, how are we supposed to respond? And so I want to take us to verse 1. Um, my dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So if you think about what he's saying here, um, also verse 20, for human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. So if you think about what he's saying here, saying don't be like humans, don't act like a human, because our natural inclination when someone says something that, that presses against us or challenges our beliefs is to get angry and to try to throw our point out there. And we see that now in our culture more so than ever. The division that's here over some of the stupidest things, and some of the more serious things, but a lot of them, things that don't really matter that have divided people in our country, whether you're, you're pro-vaccine or against the vaccine, or whether you're Democrat or Republican, those are the types of things that divide us in this country. And I know it's not popular for a preacher to just like talk about politics, but I, I hate politics. I've come to really hate what they've done to our country because men have used that and women have used that to turn us against one each other, against each other. And so I remember whenever I was a little more heavily into politics, like I would have a certain way of thinking. And you can usually tell who belongs to what. If you have a long enough conversation with them about things, you can usually tell whether they're Democrat, Republican, because they all kind of say the same thing. Like it's a common, common theme, common word, common belief. And so it's, it's the core belief. Even if it's a wrong belief, they believe it. Just as much as you believe your, your side of things, they believe theirs. And so, so you have two people who believe left and right, 
And they come together and they're so stuck in their ways that they're not worried about like, how's the other person feel? What are they thinking? Maybe I should listen to what they have to say. No, they're just concerned about getting their thoughts out there. And, um, and that's what James is telling us here. I, I always used to think that when I read this, that that's how he was telling us to treat each other. And while it's a good model to treat each other, that's not the instance here. I use that elaborate illustration to show you, like, that's how he tells us not to respond to God. Because sometimes when we hear a word from God that challenges us, we don't like being challenged. We don't like God to point out the things that are wrong with us, and so we just ignore it. Or, or we get angry. We get defensive. I, uh, I know for myself, like, it's a lot easier if I'm sitting and listening to a sermon or I'm reading the scripture, but if I'm listening to a sermon specifically, it's a lot easier for me to say amen, amen, whenever it's something that, that doesn't really, I don't think applies to me. It probably does apply to me, but I don't think it applies to me. It's a lot easier for me to sit there and say amen. In fact, it's a lot easier for me to say, hey, you know, that person over there, they really need to hear that. So if you could just look to that person, make eye contact with them, preacher, and just make sure they hear what you're saying, like, it's a lot easier for me to do that, but whenever I'm confronted, if there's an illustration, if there's a verse, if God brings something to my heart and he shows me something about myself that I didn't see before, that's when it hurts. And that's because, why? Because just like the Democrat, Republican, they have their core beliefs, it challenges what we see about ourselves. We, we, we oftentimes have a higher opinion of ourselves than what we need to. We, we don't constantly think about like, hey, I'm a Christian. That doesn't mean that I'm perfect. Every day of my life is sanctification. Something needs to change every single day. No, a lot of times we become content with who we are. And so somebody, which I don't think we should go around pointing out each other's flaws. Don't think that at all. But the Spirit of God speaks to you. And all of a sudden, like, it's, it's personal. How do you respond to that? A lot of times I've responded in anger. Sometimes brokenness, more times than not recently brokenness, but a lot of times it's like I don't believe that about myself or I don't want to believe that about myself. And so I just want to ignore it. I know some pastors, preachers, who uh, would go to revivals and one in particular who went to this revival. And one of the things that a lot of preachers say like, to, the, to the churches they're going to preach at is like, I don't want to know anything about your church. Like, I just want to let God's spirit move this week. And, and so... This particular preacher ended up saying something and given his own life as an illustration of like how he had to give something up. And within that week, he had somebody coming up to him and he was angry at this preacher. And so that was a way to respond. Like, like I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in someone standing behind the pulpit and like using it as a whipping post. That's wrong. But I do believe that God's spirit speaks through the person who is behind it at times if he's actually seeking God's will. And I believe if it lines up with the scripture, that it's important for us to think about what that person is saying. Maybe not take it so personally. Maybe not be quick to get angry because it was a jab to me. Maybe it wasn't a jab to you from that person. Or maybe it wasn't a jab to you, but maybe it was multiple people who were experiencing that. But to be slow to get angry. To really think, of, well, wait a minute, like, this makes me mad. Why is it making me mad? Why am I angry here? Is there a reason why I'm angry? Am I angry just because I don't like what he's saying? Or is there like, this is challenging what I think of myself? There's two, two different things. Like, a lot of times it's because it's challenging what we think of ourselves. And we don't like that. People die for their beliefs. 
And if I believe something strong enough, then I'm going to defend it. If I believe that I'm in good shape, I'm going to defend it. And I'm not, I'm going to be angry or broken. Like if you're open to God's word, like typically I've seen a few different responses. Um, anger, indifference, or maybe someone's actually kind of glad that they heard what's wrong with their lives. Um, there's a sense of joy. I've heard it said before. I like it when the, when the preacher steps on my toes. I've heard somebody say that before. And when I was younger hearing that, I'm like, what are you talking about? That sounds like, like that's not even a pleasant thing. And it might not make sense to a lot of people, but that person has joy because something has been pointed out to them that they don't want to be there. They didn't recognize it was there and they want it to change. Now, just because they experienced joy in that moment doesn't mean that there was change there. And we'll get to that for a moment, here in a moment. But how are we responding? How, like, how do we respond when... When God shows us something, because there's just been within the past few days something in my heart that God had showed me that, about myself, and um, it was hard to take. And so, sometimes that's hard. Sometimes we don't want to believe certain things about ourselves and how we behave, how we treat each other. Sometimes we don't think there's a problem. We have to be aware of our thoughts. We have to be aware of what's inside of us because it's subtle sometimes. But if we've got God's word in us, it starts to point those things out. When we do something, like the Spirit uses the word of God and he shows us where we're off and where we need to change and how we need to not do that. And if we're really listening, sometimes it'll break your heart because you'll start to see a side of yourself you didn't know was there. But that anger, like it says in 20, Verse 20, that anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. When we get angry, we're resisting what God wants to do in us. When we get angry at the preacher, or we get angry at someone who's, maybe someone is rightly pointing out something that's wrong in our lives. When we get angry at that person, but it's what the Bible says is right, like we're resisting God's change. We're, we're not accomplishing his righteousness in our hearts. And so in verse 21, it tells us to, to be humble. A humble person is not about themselves. A humble person is not too proud to say, I don't know. A humble person is not too proud to say there's not something wrong, or there is something wrong with me. A humble person is quick to be okay with pointing that out in their lives. And he's saying, therefore, ridding yourself of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save your souls. That humility... The humility of, of not acting like someone who's lost when you hear something that, that goes contrary. But as, as Paul says in Ephesians, to therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. Be patient. Be willing to change when we hear that. We're supposed to receive that and let it change us. He goes on to say, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and is not a doer of the word, he is, someone like look, he is like someone looking in a mirror. For he walks away, for he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. So this is back to the response of the one who finds joy in the fact that the preacher has, quote-unquote, stepped on their toes. Um, it's exciting. Not exciting, but it's a good feeling to know that you've realized that something's wrong there. 
But oftentimes I found myself like realizing that in the middle of the sermon, but then walking away and thinking that I'm good because I know that, but not really changing anything about it. I've done that more times than I care to count. But James is saying here, don't just be hearers of the word. Don't just hear what's wrong and then walk away. Make a resolution. Make a resolve to repent. Resolve to repent of it. He says the one who is who's just a hearer but not a doer is like someone who looks in a mirror. Now, what is this mirror? Because for a long time, I thought the mirror was simply someone looking in the mirror and seeing all their flaws. No, it, it says the one that looks into the law of liberty. It goes on to say that. The mirror is looking into who you're supposed to be. The, the law of liberty, which is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. That's the law. The royal law, as James calls it. And, and looking into the mirror is not just looking at words on a page. We're looking at someone who fulfilled that. We're looking at someone who is that. And that's Jesus. Jesus is the standard of our faith. Jesus is the standard of who we should be. And we don't ever measure up. We don't ever measure up to who we should be. When we look into that mirror, if we're not careful when we see what Jesus says and how he says to live our lives, we can walk away from that and not do anything about it. But James is telling us to look at the mirror, to look at it, see what God's word says for you, see what God's instructions are for your life, and let it change you. Let it change your heart, and then act upon it. The way you know you act, the way you know that you've received the word, and you believe it, and that you're, um, you're not just a hearer, but you also act upon it. You're acting upon what you've heard and what you know. You know that it's changed your heart when you do that. You're not doing it because you're obligated. You're not going out doing good works because you're obligated. You're doing it because you love God and your heart's been changed and the evidence is that you are just doing those things out of love instead of obligation. He's telling us not to forget what the word shows us. There's times in in my life, and I'm sure many of you guys' life, where God says something to us in secret. Like we're praying, we're talking to him, um, and he speaks to us. And sometimes we don't like what he has to say, but um, it's good to live according to what he shows us in those moments. Hmm. If anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself. Pure and undefiled religion is before God. The Father is this, to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. A lot of times we think, There's a lot of things that we could do to be more religious. Or if we just go to church, if we just tithe, if we just get baptized, if we do all these things, if we do enough good things, sometimes we not necessarily think that it saves us. Like as Baptists, we obviously don't think baptism saves us. But sometimes we think that that's enough. But it doesn't matter what we do with our hands. It's our heart that Jesus is concerned about. It's the heart that he, it's the root of the issue is our hearts. It keeps us from being like Christ because it, it's full of all sorts of evil things that we don't even know about sometimes. Um, I think in our, in our country, this is a big problem among Christians right now. That we're, We are letting our tongue just go wherever and, and saying things to each other. And division is everywhere. It's prominent. Um, 
and it's because of our hearts. We're supposed to be a light as Christians. Jesus says that they'll know you because you love one another, but I think in our country we're so caught up in things that don't matter, things that are trivial, that we're letting that drive how we think. We're letting that drive how we treat each other. And James is saying if that's happening, then it doesn't matter how many good deeds you are. Like What your heart is is displayed by what you say to people, how you talk to them, how you type to them online. Like, he's showing us that it's a heart issue. And I think sometimes we get deceived into like thinking the way the world thinks on many issues that has divided this country. And he's saying, like, your religion at that point, no matter how many times you show up to church, it doesn't matter. You need a heart change. He says, pure and undefiled religion is looking after orphans and the widows. Loving your neighbor as yourself, essentially. Loving your neighbor as yourself. That your heart should be for others instead of just our own interests and to keep oneself unstained from the world. A lot of times when we might think moral filth, as it says earlier, unstained, we might think simply don't do drugs, don't have sex the wrong way, don't all these different things that are the immoral things that we talk about that as Christians we get rightfully so worked up about sometimes. I don't... Sometimes I think we, we judge people a little too harshly. We shouldn't judge people at all. Um, but sometimes we think about those things, the sexual things that's going on in our culture, but that's not the only moral problems. There's pride. There's um, malice. There's, there's gossip. There's all sorts of things that we're not supposed to have as Christians. Um, it's in the way a lot of times. And so... As we think about hearers and doers of the word, as my mind is dwindling here, as we think about hearers and doers of the word, um, what is God speaking to your heart? What What is the changes that he's saying you need to make? And there's always changes there. Sometimes we don't look for them, but there's always changes there. What is your thought life like? How are you thinking towards other people? How do you respond to other people when they make you mad? Like, There's this whole thing in our hearts that's like, it shows, like if you, you, you bite at somebody because they've angered you, like that kind of shows that like, hey, there's something wrong in your heart. You don't need to have that there. Um, and there's all sorts of things we could find in our hearts that, that God doesn't want to be there. And his word is a good way to test that. Is that in my life? Does that need to be there? Does that need to change? Um, so yeah. Is it? We just have to think about that as his children. If, if we're going to be a light to those around us, um, are we following his word? Are we responding to his word? Are we indifferent to his word? Are we being broken? Have, have we been broken? When's the last time we were broken when God said something to our hearts? He was broken for our sins. I, I mean, I think that's what comes out of revival is when his children are broken from their sins. I think that's what changes the atmosphere for Christ is when we truly grieve over the things that maybe we didn't even see was wrong in our lives. Sometimes it's not easy to find those things. Sometimes it's so subtle, it's just a thought that we don't really pay much attention to. 
how we treat each other. It's how we talk to one another. It's what we think when someone... I mean, it's simply what do we think about someone when they've hurt us. Um, I've been there. I, I, I mean, I'm human, just as human as the rest of you. Um, we are the light. And this is something that we have to strive to let God change in us. We can't change these things. We need Christ to change these things in us. I don't know what's in your heart. You don't know what's in my heart. But that's between us and God. That we go to God and say, God, search me. Show me the things that are in my heart that need to change. Show me the way that I've been treating people that need to change. Show me this behavior that's not of you that needs to change. We just genuinely need to talk to God and have him reveal to, the, those, to us those things that sometimes we miss. And when he does, pay attention to how you respond. Because the way that James is saying is that you listen to the word, you receive the word, you receive, you receive the instruction of God, but you don't just hear it, you act upon it and you live it out. You make a decision to live it out. You're not, just, you're not, like, you're not like one of the soil types where the seeds and you're joyful for a moment and, and then that joy goes away and then you don't really care anymore. You're actually going to act upon what you've heard and live your life. And I believe many of you are. Um, so, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, um, thank you for your word. That you love us enough to give us your instruction on how to live. You love us enough to not let us stay in the mess that we're in, to not keep going down the paths that lead to destruction, God, but you love us enough to make us right with you. And you love us enough to fix the things in our hearts. God, the things in our hearts are so easy to miss. It's so easy to miss the things that are so subtle sometimes, Lord. But God, I pray that all of us in this week and in the rest of our lives would just take time to be holy. Take time to see the things that need to be changed. To constantly be aware of our, of our failures, of our shortcomings, of how we treat people, what we think about others, God. Help us just to realize that we're here for you. And the goal of all of us as your children should be to be more like Christ, Lord. Help that to be the target of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.